millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Zone Time, people. I'm Julian. Sam is here. Avery's here. And uh, freed from the clutches of the TTC, Omar is also here. <laughs> oh my god, the, the TTC man is like one of the most frustrating things, like in existence, like not even just in Toronto, like in existence. Like it just doesn't make any flipping sense. If if you are from Toronto, if you take the TTC on a daily basis, like not like once in a while, like if you if you are a chronic user of the TTC, you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Buses disappear, trains take a million years, trains stop. <laughs> in tunnels for no reason they it got so man okay so at certain stops like they have to wait for trains to leave before they can pull in and it's now like a daily occurrence it has gotten to the point before the trains the 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 operators just say like okay you know there's some traffic we're just waiting they're so fed up that they just like go on the on on the on the announcers and they just sigh even they're fed (laughs) up they audibly sigh on it on that's what yeah but like they know at first I thought it was like, okay, maybe it was like a hot mic or something like, no, yeah, they know it's a star. Oh, I just want to go home. And I'm like stuck, stuck in a subway train for no reason. Jeez. Anyway, all that to say, that's why uh, <laughs> our episode is dropping on the Wednesday as opposed to Tuesday, yeah, because yeah. Uh, we would have recorded yesterday, uh, but uh, Omar was uh, stuck, but uh, Hey, yeah. uh, we're still able to uh, make it work. Yes. <laughs> home time. Anyway. <laughs> Um, we have a lot to get to on uh, this week's edition. We have to get through some small stuff before we get through to the topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think about this. What should we do first? Uh, this is the first podcast we've done uh, since the whole F- Philadelphia Flyers debacle with Ivan Provorov and Pride Night. Um, but also, um, when we were putting together the show, Omar sent a note saying, and I quote, I need at least a minute in the banter portion to yell at all of you. What should we do first? Should we should we give smoke to the Philadelphia Flyers for a few moments, or should we let Omar talk first? I want to know why he's yelling at us. Exactly. Okay, Same I, here. I want to know what focus. Let's 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 get to Omar, <laughs> and then we'll talk about the Flyers, and then we'll deal with. Uh, sorry, Sam. We got to talk about the Vancouver Canucks again. Mm. Uh, the Boston Bruins as well, and Daryl Sutter. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about. But Omar, why do you have to yell at all of us? Yes, um, I also want to want to appreciate you reading that quote because that was a verbatim quote. That's why I said like word for word. Put yourselves on mute, everybody. Yeah. There was an episode of Zone Time where the question was like, <clears throat> what is like the main issue with like your fan base? Because you're all part of different fan bases. I'm I'm the Leafs, Sam's the Canucks, 
Avery's the Oilers and Julian Bean being the Flames. And I had a whole timeout, timeout, timeout. Yep. Avery and I cover the respective Sorry, teams cover, in the province. Cover the fan we just have a better sense of what those fan bases yeah. are. Just want to make sure that's clarified. That's yes. Yes. Sorry. Not fans, but cover the team. And I started talking about the Leafs, you know, really, you know, and at the time, I guess the Leafs weren't that bad or nothing was going wrong. And I was like, and, and people were like, Oh, there, you don't have anything to talk about. Come on. The Leafs are playing well, though. The Oilers are having a bad, a bad time right now. The Canucks are having a bad time. The Flames are having a bad time. It doesn't always have to be a problem with the Leafs. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I see. And then what did I watch on Saturday? I watched the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and a whole bunch of other players lose to a preseason roster Montreal Canadiens. No hyperbole. Cole Caulfield's out for the season. They have, they have no one on the team. And they lost. They lost again. They lose all these games. We look. You know what I so I, I I had this in in the mentions and I, I I laughed so hard. The the goalie in Arizona, I forgot what his name is, is undefeated against the Leafs. Three and O, nine four three save percentage. Why? Vimelka or Wedgwood? Vim, yes, Vimelka. Three and O. Three wins, zero losses, zero overtime losses. So that is why I find ways to complain about the Leafs. And that is why I'm yelling at each, all three of you, giving me heck for right. being concerned about the Leafs that one time. Because I should always be concerned about the Leafs. Listen, you, despite that loss, mm-hmm. you were still not the most embarrassing thing that happened on Saturday night. And that yes. is very, very yes. true. And that is yes. very, very true. <laughs> yes. Not even close. Very, very yes. True. Very, very yes. true. Very, also, very true. Also, it could be so much worse. You could like have a 3-1 series lead and blow it. Multiple times. <laughs> Multiple times. You could like lose to a Sam Bodhi drive. Like losing a game to a team uh that basically has both of their players from their AHL roster is like thing number 45 on a list of 50 most embarrassing things that might the Maple Leafs have endured in the last five years. And that might not even be in a top 50. Julian, it's Julian. Oh my god, the least got eight shots on his MOE driver in that game. Eight shots on his MOE driver in that period. Yeah, I don't know, man. If you're if you're if you're gonna use that game as something to get mad at us over, geez, I can't wait to see you if they they mess this all up again. (laughs) But like, so it's a micro cup. Okay, first off, first off, that turned into like talking about one event. To a whole roller coaster of flashbacks. So thank you for that. That's basically what this has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, my, that whole thing just reminded me of that. Even though the Leafs are good on the ice, there could always be issues on the ice. And obviously, there are a lot of off ice stuff. And we'll talk. That's actually a pretty pretty good segue. What should we start with? Yeah, actually, that's a, here's another thing too. You, I mean, we we're talking about the, the Canucks being the most embarrassing thing of the last how many days? On feels like and everyone, off the ice, on and off the ice. We've <laughs> all gotten really quiet about the Philadelphia Flyers after what happened uh, with Ivan Provorov. Embarrassing, and, uh, disgusting, and, pathetic. Yeah, I don't mean to cite this tweet, and I don't know if it's the right thing to say, but it really offers some perspective. So you, everyone listens to this podcast, you're probably up to speed right now on the fact that uh, Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov 
refused to wear a uh, Pride Night jersey during warm-up, did not partake in warm-up, but still played in uh, that game anyway, and ended up being the most used player for the Flyers in that game. Here's a tweet I saw about this that really kind of puts things into perspective. This team is Tony D'Angelo. And he wore a jersey. And I don't know if he's necessarily the most morally right person to do it. Do you know how whack you have to be to be like, I'm not going to wear this jersey, but Tony D'Angelo is? I hate to tell the truth, but that's what that looks like. Like, at the end of the day, you know, it's a jersey. It's a jersey. It's a small gesture you can do to show just support for, for a community that has been maligned. And all you have to do is go out on the ice and skate around for, like, I forget how long a warm up is, like 20 minutes. It just mind your own business. But you're going to make a big stink about how your number has a rainbow pattern on it. I don't know, man. I feel as somebody who considers themselves to be spiritual, uh, has a foundation growing up in church and, and obviously reading the Bible and all that. Like, I always take exception to that stuff because I know at the end of the day, I can still show love to anybody regardless of who they are and not let and not let something like that trip me up. You know, like I just think it's just ridiculous. I- Listen, I'm I'm with you. I grew up, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school from for like 13 years. I think that it is very possible to be religious and not hateful. Like you are a grown ass adult with a brain, presumably, and you can use that to think about how you can reconcile <clears throat> the teachings of which the first thing is love thy neighbor as yourself. You can reconcile your beliefs with wearing a Jersey that is supportive of a very marginalized community. I want to give a shout out to Cody sweet. Uh, He's at D Cody sweet on Twitter Mm -hmm. and he's a queer hockey fan. And he, he had a beautiful thread started when you're wearing a pride Jersey. I don't necessarily think that it means you support my lifestyle. And he did later correct. He, you know, he was feeling emotional. It's, it's not a lifestyle. It's not a choice. People don't, you know, people are born the way they are. And, you know, I think hiding behind religion and saying, well, it's my belief, my religious belief that that's wrong is I think it's cowardly. Like you're wearing a jer- you wearing a jersey is saying that you support a community that has been historically marginalized, that faces significantly more difficulty than the average person. It does not in any way mean you're betraying your personal beliefs. You're not engaging in anything personally that you think is wrong. Like, I don't think that showing respect for another person's existence counts as mm. violating your own religious belief. And if you think that, you're just a bigot. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I'll I'll jump in here too. Someone who was who was raised Christian. I know for the fact I'm still very Christian. I, you know, I don't eat pork. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I still read the Bible when I can. And you know, there are a lot of players around the league who are very devout, who are very Christian. Artei Panarin um, wore a pride jersey before. Um, Igor Shosturkin, very devout Christian. Um, or, or, or I think we're Orthodox as well, or Russian Orthodox as well. Mm-hmm as worn a pride jersey. So you can be a Christian. You can be of any of these different faiths, Christian, Catholic, Muslim, and still wear the pride jersey. So again, like everybody's saying here, it's a cop-out to say I can because of my faith when many players of faith and people of faith around the hockey world have supported these pride nights. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about a cop-out. So everyone's talking about it. Again, it, it's, a, it's an important night. And it's an important moment for people to feel seen that they can see themselves 
as part of the fan base, part of organizations. And then you have the NHL, whose big statement is hockey is for everyone. Yeah. And their response to this is, well, if an individual player wants to make their own decision on what they can and can't participate in, then that's their choice. That is the biggest lie ever seen. Because if this was some other event and a player didn't want to take part in it, people would be lighting that person up like a freaking steak. Well done, Avery style. Like, <laughs> oh, I, it's just, you know, like, uh, it's so, it's just like, it, it's so unfortunate. Players, just, players have had worse consequences for skipping team breakfast, notably Tyler Sagan. Tyler, Sa- Tyler Sagan got traded because he missed breakfast. Players miss games for being late. Not even just mi- being late. They miss games. The man sat out of the warm-up and was one allowed to play and then played the most minutes. What message are we sending here? What well, like, message it are also we came sending? on also came on the heels of the NHL essentially changing all of their messaging about the all-star game uh, diversity job fair because Ron DeSantis threw that is such an undis- it. So oh. you know that's mm. that's the message you're sending. If the NHL wants to say they're for everyone. Their actions don't say that. And, I, I just, and, thank you for bringing that up, by the way, because I think that's a story that's not being discussed nearly enough. enough and the fact that the no, NHL, no, no. the NHL uh, tried some attempt to be inclusive, and then because some governor in Florida has some hissy fit because they don't see white people included for the first time in his life, they they back down. Look, it's very, it's another disappointing stretch for the NHL. As far you as have other concerned. leagues pulling their marquee events from states that do this. Mm-hmm. Not only is the NHL not pulling it, they are catering to it. Yep. It's like, you want to stand for everybody. You want to stand for everybody. Push back. Don't just let yourself be bullied by this, by this half-sentient radish that you call a governor in Florida. Like, push back a little bit. Challenge him. Don't just say, oh, sorry, sir. We're, we're going to pull back and not be as diverse as our job fair. Are you kidding me? And like Sam said before, every other league has pushed back on racist and discriminatory practices that states have done. Heck, even MLS has spoken out more about gun violence in America than the NHL. Over the league, MLS, NBA, MLB, NFL have been proactive and has not backed down. The NHL, come on, have some courage, please. Yeah, you're asking. It feels like sometimes when we say that uh, we're asking a lot from the National Hockey League. I am glad that we were able to touch off on this topic, even though it is a couple of days since. Uh, I made and one I, last come, comment yeah. that really yeah, irritates me about Please. the football thing. Yeah, go ahead. He has a very online partner who he very clearly cohabitates with. So if you're really religious, I have a lot of questions for you. Mm. And no, they're not married. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a West Indian grandmother over here now. Huh? <laughs> you go ahead, I'll tell you, man. Nothing striking more fear than you trying to justify it to West Indian relative who's very religious about <laughs> to try to do things before you're married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yo, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, yo, that's some one, people understand. That's some time. people understand. But like, <laughs> you get a real like a seven day Adventist grandmother or aunt in your family. <laughs> Like my grandma is who's from the Adventist. Yo, mm-hmm. what a god. yeah, what a yeah. God. 
Yeah, she's not letting you do for the love of Avery before uh, you know you ready. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> like, but this wait, is, this is not godly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So- okay. Oh, anyway, um, I'm glad we were able to do that, and we were, and I, I'm actually appreciative of the fact that we were able to provide that perspective of, you know, not just saying this is bad, but mm. as people from religious backgrounds, like we also mm-hmm. see this as bad. Like I think that's a very cool perspective to bring into this as well. And I'm glad yeah. we discussed this, and I'm glad we were able. Uh, to get through the banter portion of this, we do have a lot to get through, so we kind of have to start pushing through some of these topics. Notably, uh, as we keep the heat going, I'd like to start with Daryl Sutter and uh, the Calgary Flames. And chat too much. Uh, chat too much. Do you you say Daryl Sutter chats too much? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are press conferences where I feel he chats too little, mm-hmm. but it seems what he does chat. I mean, whether it's just a nothing burger or. Him just reading off a stat line for some rookie instead of just saying something like, you know, hey, good for you playing in front of your family. Yeah, I, I think this time, I just want to start off with this before I give everyone the floor. I think Daryl Sutter flew a little too close to the sun with this one. I could understand that he is very old school and he shouldn't have to prop up every player and just be this, you know, just praising everybody as he feels. Fine. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. All right, that's it. Mm. But to 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 get to a point where you're just like, who? What number is that? Uh, who? What's the stat line? I can understand. Fine. Maybe you, you spoke to him. Apparently, the news came out that uh, Sutter had gone to the the rookie the day after he made that comment mm. uh, and told him he played a good game. But like, it, you, you come across as callous. You come across as a jerk when you do this and. A lot of people in the hockey world are not happy about how Daryl Sutter, Daryl Sutter handled this. And like, I don't know why we need coaches who do this. And it's not as if he need to do anything. He didn't need to say anything elaborate because the kid only played like six and a half minutes. Yeah. All he had to say was just like, all right, it was good. He was in the lineup. Shame we couldn't, he couldn't play more. That's it. But it's a story now. Mm-hmm. And like, Another thing too, like like aside from from the from the rookie comments, so the Calgary Flames are clearly a different team. Matthew Kachuk trade, Johnny Gaudreau leaves, mm-hmm. and I never realized how pissed off Daryl Sutter was about that until recently, where he's literally talked about, well, you know, last year we had this, and last year we had that, and last year we had this, and we lost this player, and we lost that. Imagine wait, 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 on- wait, 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 wait. You know what? Hold on. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop for a second here. Mm-hmm. I don't – that just goes to the duality of Daryl Sutter because at the beginning of the year, when someone asked him about the difference between Matthew Kachuk and Tyler Toffoli, he said someone won Stanley Cups. So you're either mad about this or you ain't. I don't know if he's necessarily That's all that mad about I'm those things. I don't and know. It's like he's. I'm not saying he can't be bad about the two yeah. players going, but like, I don't know. But like, I, I, I have, we I have questions about that. Yeah, because we're we're in. You're in the season, man. This is the team you have, and like, I don't. It, it doesn't do any good. Like to your point, Julian, it doesn't help to continue to talk about like, oh, this is what we had last year, and oh, well, last year we could outscore. Last year we had a couple forty goal scorers. Like, imagine being like Nazem Kadri on the team. Or John, John Jonathan Huberdeau, Jonathan Huberdeau, who just signed, who just extended long term, and is being compared continuously to people who are not there anymore, or is being, or is being told like, oh, you're not an impact goal scorer, which has <laughs> happened. <laughs> and I mean, no disrespect, fine. He's he's hit thirty goals twice, and again, yeah. you could hit. But like, I can understand that might be a little maddening to some people. 
like yeah. this tough love that you're bringing, it only works to a point. Like after a while, you get fed up. And you're just like, I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I'm not. We're not. I'm not trying to say stuff's going on in Calgary. But if I was a player on that team, like man, I'd express so much frustration at the fact that no matter what you do, and I get that the team isn't playing as well as they should be playing. But like there have been so many instances where you think like, okay, like you know, we could you know, be happy about this. It's like, nope, you didn't play a 60-minute effort. Like, it must be so frustrating to play through if you're the Calgary Flames. Anyway, you know, before I take over this topic. And, you know, and there's a limit, too, in terms of, of course, you know, there's going to be times we have the hard love, but when you're talking, when you're dealing with grown, when you're dealing with grown people, grown men, that hard attitude can only last so long before mm-hmm. it gets tuned out. When you're dealing with, again, grown adults, this isn't junior hockey. This isn't NCAA or youth sports. You're talking about grown men. And also, mm-hmm. too, the comments with, with Don Pelche from Sutter, it was a question, I believe, from our pal, Salim Valji from PSN, who yes, asked a question. And yeah. one thing I always hear coaches and players say, you know what, ask me a question. That was a direct and great question from Salim that Gerald Sutter didn't answer. So I asked him a direct question. Your thoughts on Pelche's play? And he went into this little show and dance about his stats. But man, answer his question, Rick. Answer the question. He asked you a question, Rick. Just answer the question. No mm. need for this whole song and dance about the stats, Rick. Mm. Not needed. Mm. Go on, Avery. I'll say this because I said this on radio and Solemn's my friend. And uh, I look, I'm, I'm a new guy. I don't really know where I stand with Daryl Sutter because I've only asked him a small number of questions. It seemed like it's fine. It's something that has been discussed among us media people here. I wonder how Daryl Sutter would have responded to that question if someone else asked him that question, even if it meant Eric Francis asked him that question. That's that's just what I'm just going to say there. Um, but yeah, it's just, anyway, I, I'm not trying to say anything more than that. I just have a question. Would he have reacted differently if somebody else in that press corps asked him that question? Because if you look at the video, like, Daryl kind of looked as if he had that plan. Like he's asking, he's being, he's saying like, what number is he? And as he's saying that he's reaching into his pocket square to get his glasses. Like he thought like this was coordinated. He, he thought about this. He was like, all right, bro. Everyone's going to ask you about this Pelche kid. I will show them. This dude didn't play. Like he played under seven minutes. Like this was planned. He tried to do it. And that's why he flew too close to the sun, man. Like, he didn't need to do that. And he's since been trying to walk back some of those comments. On Monday, ahead of the Johnny Gaudreau return, I just asked a random question about what the team needs to do uh, to start playing 60 minutes. And he tries to answer that question. And then he's like, oh, someone alluded to, first he said someone and didn't acknowledge Solomon. But he's like, someone asked about Jack, Jacob Pelte the other night. And he's like, well, he only played like 420 seconds. Uh, and it's so hard to evaluate him. That answer there. If he had said that, this is not a this is not a topic we're discussing. But also, again, I did not ask him about Jacob Peltier. Like Daryl's actively trying to walk that back, and I think that's come because of all the pressure that has come around the around the NHL world. Like Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman, and, and some of these these insiders are speaking on it. Craig Button had a bit of a rant on TSN as well. Like I can't imagine the players are happy about that too, especially since they were happy to see Jacob Peltier play in that game as well. Like it's. I, I think Daryl flew too close to the sun. He I flew mean, way can, too close to the sun on that one. You can understand why he was once locked out of the LA Kings room by his players using yes. laundry bins. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 One of my favorite stories. 
like and, after and, a while, man, you can't just you can't just have all this tough love all the time. You got to You got to balance it out. Go ahead. Omar. Sorry, yeah, especially because they're they're not that far away. Like right now, as of now, as of this recording, they're in yeah. a wild card spot. Like they're there. They can still make it. So it's like, man, I don't know. Like I I've never been a coach, nor do I want to be a coach. I'm too emotional for that. We talked about this. But like, but man, like, like they're they're in it. Like they can do it. And like, I don't, I don't think that you should be focusing on how the team was last year, what things were last year, or like, or like mitigating moments that should be celebrated. Sure, the kid played six minutes, whatever. He still played. This is a, pro- a prospect that a lot of Flames fans have been looking forward to. Forward to his seeing. family, his, his family, family got the call at the last second Honestly. to trek from Quebec City. They drove three hours to Montreal. They got on a flight. They got delayed for an hour and a bit, mm-hmm. and then got into Calgary like three a.m. to watch their kid. I get families yeah. go through that all the time, but like, focus on that, man. It, like, it's geez. a special night, special day for the kid. Yeah, they always talk about like, oh, there are some mo- off ice moments that like teams band around. Like, this could have been it. This could have been cool. This could have been a, a been a good moment, but like now, now it's just a story. It's another story in it another Canadian so market. Worse. Sorry, it could have been so much worse. He should write Jim Rutherford a thank you card. And that's funny. Segue. I actually thought I thought about <laughs> it as the opposite as we segue to the Canucks. Like there was a part of me that thought because of how people on Monday and maybe because of the fact Johnny Goudreau was in town too, which we don't have to talk about that much, but there was a part of me that wondered if Jim Rutherford would send that card back to Daryl Sutter because everyone was throwing the heat on him over the weekend. And then everyone was like, oh yeah, right. We got to throw some heat back at Sutter. So I feel as if those two might need to talk to each other and be like, hey, thanks for easing some pressure off of me this past weekend. Any thoughts on Johnny Gaudreau in that revenge game before we get to the Canucks, though? Did anyone watch that game? I did. I was in the building for that. That's as loud as I've ever heard that building. Like, dude would step onto the ice, and he got booed. It's one thing to get to touch the puck and get booed. He got booed every time he stepped onto the ice. And like, this is like a small dude. Like, he could have easily, like, snuck behind somebody and, like, found a way onto the ice. But everybody booed him. That's as yeah. mean-spirited as I've heard that audience. He got the Tavares treatment. I knew it was coming. Like, like I saw, like, I saw like, on Twitter, like, people that say, oh, Flames fans, let's not let's not boo him. Like, you know, let's be mindful of, of, of what he did in the organization. And I was like, no, that man's giving the straight Tavares. And when I saw it, I was like, yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. There My it is. guy got a penalty shot and he missed wide right. People were so happy. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that's probably going to happen for a while. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know actually, because actually no, it probably, it might, because a lot of people were just like confused about like, there are people who still don't understand why Columbus, but to this day still don't understand like why it was Columbus. So yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Johnny Hawk gets to get used to that. I don't think that's going to be going away anytime soon. Yeah. I uh, just Columbus is a very nice city. I have been a lot of former players actually uh, go back to Columbus. They'll buy like land and they'll live there. But yeah, Columbus. And even if it is for family reasons and he gets to see his dad, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Columbus. Yeah. I can understand why people still have questions. Okay. You know, we've helped. We, Oh, go ahead, Avery, before we get to Vancouver. I want to make a point. You know, I, I get, I get the board because he now plays for a different team. But it wasn't like he forced away out of Calgary. It wasn't like you know he no. said, "I'm not going back. I'm not mm. going to play that again." again. He was a free agent. Like he, he could go where he wanted to. Like there was no bad blood towards him. He was a great piece in Athletic, praising Calgary, and there's still this bad blood towards him. I don't get it. The mouse free to go Here, anywhere else. Count, I have a go. counterpoint to that. I have a counterpoint to that because the the other side of that is that as opposed to what Matthew Kachuk did, 
in which when he knew that he was going to leave, he let Brad Treliving know. And then the trade ultimately happened the way that it did. So the Flames got something for him. And I think Flames fans felt like, oh, okay, you at least let us know what was what, and you didn't leave us hanging. And we were able to get something. But, wasn't Kachuk, but wasn't Kachuk an RFA though? He was at one point and he got like a bridge deal, but uh, like he, mm. he was able to get that extra year, obviously that eight year deal. But I wrote the whole damn story about this. I should remember more <laughs> of these details, but, but Johnny Gaudreau pretty much up until the final hours of free agency had no idea what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Like there's this famous photo of like him and a bunch of now former flames teammates, I think at Sean Monahan's wedding. And like, even then, like he didn't know what was going to happen. And I think a lot of Flames fans, for whatever reason, feel as if Johnny Gaudreau strung them along the whole time and left for nothing. Even if he, yes, he did get to exercise his right as a free agent. But I think for whatever reason, fans just feel that because he didn't really give them any kind of heads up until the absolute last possible minute, it seems, that it's warranted for more booze. I, I, even but the way like, I'm explaining it doesn't seem like it makes that much sense either. It doesn't because like, okay, so, so say the deadline happens, right? Right. I'm Johnny Gaudreau. I am not resigning. Okay, so the fans are going to be like, okay, cool. So we're just going to trade you. Screw our screw our playoffs. You know, let's forget the fact that he's like the best player, one of the best players on the team. Like they made it. You made it far, Calgary. It was your goalie's fault. So like I I don't understand that 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 sense and like I don't want Islanders fans to come come for me for this but the same thing would happen with Tavares oh you should have told us you weren't gonna resign so, oh yeah for sure when you're trying to fight for a playoff spot I'm not gonna resign no GM is gonna say okay yeah for sure we're gonna trade you the, you're the, there's no the the team lo- like loses like skill and talent if they make that move so okay yeah Johnny Gaudreau says like they in a different universe he knows he's not gonna resign. He says, I'm not going to resign. I still don't think they trade him. I still say, they say, okay, whatever. Then that's maybe more incentive to buy even more. And then we try to go for a deep run. And then Markstrom screws you over anyway. So I don't know, man. Jeez. Like, I, I like, I, yeah. I, I never understood that thought process. Of like, oh, you should have told us. You should have, like, they don't have to do anything. It's well, Free agency is hard. Being a free, like the idea of like, playing for a team for the longest while, and then you have an opportunity to exercise your as a free agent, but like you have no idea if you're, you could be one of those people who are just generally indecisive and you have no idea what you want to do with your future. And in the case of Johnny Gaudreau, it's not just him. Like he has to think about, he has to think about his wife. He has to think about at the time, his impending kid, like his fa- like the other members of his family. Like there's so many other elements that he had to think about. And it wouldn't surprise me if his family ended up being this. I mean, he has acknowledged that the family was a big reason why he ended up bolting, even if it was to Columbus. But like that plays such a huge role in these decisions. Like, like, and I think fans sometimes kind of lack a bit of empathy when it comes to that because they're so blinded about their own team needs. Like it's, it kind of sucks, but I, I guess that is what it is. And Johnny Gaudreau just has to enjoy the next few years as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But hey, maybe he gets Connor Bedard next year. Maybe. And that links us to the, the 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Vancouver Canucks. Go on, All Sam. right. We've held off enough. Go on, Sam. We- Go on. It's time. All right. Every- oh, you know what? Sam, just on, do you want on. to start? Do you want do you want do you have anything you yeah, want to say? Just, I don't just, go, uh, ahead. go go to twitter.com, go to okay. accidentacp underscore, and just <laughs> read my tweets from the last week. <laughs> I had nothing. I like this is absurd. This is have you have you exhausted every possible talking point? Franchise that has had three, two, two Stanley Cup riots, two Stanley Cup losing riots. Yes. Uh, okay. Traded away Trevor Linden, beloved captain, because they made Mark Messier captain after his New York Rangers defeated them. Leader the of men, Mark Messier. You know, there, there, there have been franchise where Todd Bertuzzi uh, ended Steve Moore's career. Yeah, that was a really lot of day. lot of embarrassing moments in franchise history. This is by far, I think, the bleakest and most depressing episode in this franchise's history is the way in which they treated Bruce Boudreaux and the fact that despite all of that, the takeaway from the franchise was this was, this was not their fault. It was the way they treated Boudreaux was not their fault. The reason this is all, this is all coming out this way is because of media speculation. And by the way, speculation that all turned out to be just reporting on literal facts. So not speculation, reporting. And the main takeaway is that Jeremy Rutherford should stop talking. Yeah. He was like, oh, I was just too honest. And so I'm just going to zip it and stop talking. How about you just stop being an asshole? Where is the law? Think about that. I, I do want to add that uh, Omar called him Jerry. It was actually Jim Rutherford. It's not Jerry. <laughs> oh, crap. I keep, I keep calling yeah, you wait, Jerry. Wait, wait. Yeah, sorry. I keep hey, calling you Jerry Jeremy Rutherford. Rutherford I respected keep... colleague of mine at The Athletic covers the St. Louis Blues. Very nice man. <laughs> and to be clear, so Sam meant the other JR yes, yeah. and not Jeremy Rutherford, yeah. who yeah, again yeah. is reporter who covers the St. Louis Blues. I was I just shocked that he started. I was just shocked that Jim Rutherford started that press conference by saying, like, he started that comment by saying, like, he felt bad because Bruce Booter is his friend. Like, sort of, that's how you treat your friends. That's how you treat your friend. That's how you treat your friends, bro. No. What is going on? Yo. Couldn't be my friend. Couldn't be no my way. friend. Couldn't be my friend at all. Could you imagine if if I did that to any of y'all? Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. No way. That is not friendship. 
Like, and that's I guess thing- a business that's not friendship, man. But even even as a business, like, yes, we this is professional sports, but these are still people, mm. the human beings, man. Yo, and and I have never seen this before. I have never seen a coach active knowing that he's going to be fired, knowing what the replace who the replacement is, and, and still expected. To, to do his d- daily duties? Why? Why? Actually, I heard a very wild story uh, on the athletic hockey show with uh, Ian Mendez earlier this week that apparently, that not apparently, it is very much like worse. It's wor- it's worse than what Jim Rutherford did to, to, to Bruce Boudreaux. It's worse. And maybe Avery knows the story. Um, and actually, it involves your Toronto Maple Leafs, Omar. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Are you going to talk about Harold Ballard? Uh, I believe Harold Ballard is uh, is is part of this. Yes. Uh, so I'll, I think you guys might remember the name Roger Nielsen. <laughs> yes. Long time NHL head coach. Uh, at one point um, was a head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they were going through a pretty poor stretch of games. Uh, if I remember, I'm sure hopefully I don't mess up some of the details. I'm sure someone could correct me. But if I have it right, uh, Roger Nielsen uh, at a point with the team not playing well. Uh, was supposed to be fired uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that announcement was made even on Hockey Night in Canada. So everybody in the world knew that Roger Nielsen was going to be fired, except Roger Nielsen. So he goes about two days uh, with basically just, you know, not really knowing uh, that he's supposed to be fired. And they're scrambling, looking for a replacement. Um, They don't find one. So they end up bringing it. Not only do they bring it back on the bench, they put a paper bag on his head uh, to hide his appearance from everybody and then reveal during the game he is still the head coach. He finishes the season as head coach before uh, leaving the team. There is, in fact, a there is, in fact, a worse handling of a coach than Bruce Boudreaux. And I learned that because of Ian Mendez a couple of days ago. Fact, Julian, the the bag thing, he declined to put a bag on his head. He declined to put a bag, though. Sorry, he declined. Sorry, he declined declined to put the bag. He declined to put the bag on. But the fact that that was an option is terrible. (laughs) It's it's, it's objectively worse than anything that we've seen from the Vancouver Canucks. This is bad for our generation, but also, like, like, good Lord. Like, you Harold Ballard, and I I said this earlier this week, Harold Ballard, he needs to burn in hell. I almost said uh, a swear word, but he needs to be burned in hell for so yeah. many different reasons. Mm. But that needs to be part of it. Not a Yo. good person. And you, you mentioned not a good person. <laughs> and with Vancouver, like there have been fans who have chanted for coaches to be fired. Fans have brought in signs protesting the coach's employment. You would never see fans bringing signs to a game in support of a head coach. That was fans, are chanting Bruce, fans are chanting Bruce. There it is. The fan base was very against the idea of letting go of Bruce Boudreaux. He had total support of fans and everybody else who watched Canucks hockey. And the way that went down, it's easily, you mentioned, it's easily, it's easily one of the most embarrassing coaching firings in at least the past 40 years of age of hockey. Yeah, it's he embarrassing. Des- he deserved better, man. He des- those, those final days and watching him just like on the verge of tears like multiple times on, on the bench, it's just like, he deserves so much better. No, no one deserves that shit. Uh, like, uh, like, no, like, oh my God. Yeah. I think the thing that's been like really atrocious about this is that people who are like, well, 
you know, it's just, this is, this is business as usual. A, it's not business as usual. You have, sorry, when you have national writers, you have Michael Russo, you've got writers in other markets writing about how atrocious this is. That is not business as usual. That is not a mob mentality. These are like people who are not invested in this market pointing out how bad this is. You have Forbes writing about how embarrassing this is. It's not business as usual. People who say, well, you know, he's an NHL coach. There's very few people who can do that. It comes with a job. He makes millions of dollars. I I don't, it's, you know, same thing with Johnny Gaudreau. He makes millions of dollars. It doesn't mean that you can treat them however you want to. Like paying someone a lot of money doesn't mean that you own them. It doesn't mean that you can mistreat them. Like that's, that's not part of the deal. It's just showing a basic level of respect to someone. Like, frankly, I don't care if he was fired. They're having an abysmal season. Like, you yeah. want to fire him, go yeah. ahead and fire him. Yeah. Don't draw it out the way they did. You know, he had to come out and say, you know, I thought I was done in November because Jim Rutherford went on a hockey night in Canada and was flat out questioning him. At every turn throughout this season, Rutherford publicly questioned Boudreaux's systems as a coach, notwithstanding that you look at this team and it is not a good roster. Like we've said before, you could put Scotty Bowman behind the bench. You could put Barry Trotz behind that bench. And there is only so much this blue line can do. It is not a good blue line. So mm-hmm. to me, they made him the scapegoat. And not only that, they then drew it out for as long as possible in as disrespectful a way as possible. And frankly, they're lucky that Bruce Boudreaux is such a good guy that he refused to say anything negative about them. I was and literally just about it. to say that. And he yeah, spun it as, you know, like, it's an honor. Like there are very few people who do what I do. And so you have to be able to embrace the negativity and the bad things with the good. And that's why I loved coaching in a Canadian market. Like how many coaches would be treated the way he was and come out and say that afterwards? No shot. He had every opportunity to bury them, to bury them. And says, you know, I I don't want to talk about that in public. Yeah. And I think the worst thing about it is, I mean, there are a lot of bad things about it, I think the very worst thing is that it is likely his last head coaching job. And this is what they did to him to end his NHL. Yeah. Career. I think yeah. that's, I think that's reprehensible. Unless the Leafs hire him as an assistant, as so many people want. Come home, Bruce. Come home. Be Peter part of coming the run. Home, what if, do you subscribe to the theory that uh, this was all a, uh, a 46 year revenge ploy by Jim Rutherford yes. because Bruce Boudreaux scored the, his first yes. ever NHL goal. I saw on that. It. I saw that and I, I was like, yo, that's Bruce Boudreaux scoring on Rutherford. So I 56 saw years I howled, or whatever. How many I years? Howled. 46 years, yeah. 46, yeah. I'm right. Sorry. But apparently there's like, I like anyone, like anyone who's listening, like correct me if I, if I mess with the details, but apparently when Boudreaux was part of the Leafs, he got like traded or just wasn't on the team anymore. And I think it was Bruce Boudreaux's father said that the Leafs will not win anything until he comes back no way i need to look no it up i remember way. that i remember I that be- definitively hold i on. think that's hold a- on. no no fill way. that in hold on fill that in and let me find it fill that just to talk about random stuff hold on. i also apologize if i got details of that roger nielsen story wrong but it's still objectively a worse way to treat a head coach compared to uh what bruce boudreau went through that not that's not to take away from what bruce boudreau went through um uh but that was anyway just had to bring up that story but also uh, we have to discuss Rick Tockett, too, and the fact that he is now officially the uh, successor, which is funny because we've discussed Rick Tockett for weeks. I got it. I got it. 
1983, when the Leafs released Bruce Boudreau, his father, Norman, placed a curse on the team, saying they'd never win another cup until he came back. In 1983, <laughs> Bruce. Oh, no Bruce, way. let's do this, man. Let's do this. Come home. No, Come don't home. do this. Dude, yes. I'm, I'm tweeting that. Come home. Oh, no, my God. Come home. No, no this is not. No, this is yes. not a real curse. Yes. What do you want? What do you mean? It's not a real curse. Have you seen it? It's not a real curse. It's not a real curse at all. Yes. Don't do this. Yes. I get I get y'all are starving for a playoff series. Win, but don't <laughs> do this. That's an under- starving. That's an understatement. I'm Squidward in the box in the episode of SpongeBob saying, please play a second round. Anything, 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 change. like literally, man. I want, I want things to be different. Y'all yeah. want Bruce Boudreaux that bad? Yes, yes. <laughs> Give him the anything. other. The other suggestion I saw that I love was someone was like reboot Coach's Corner with Bruce Boudreaux <laughs> and Kevin Bieksa and call it Bruce and Juice. Yo, I'd watch funny. that show. I'd watch. I would that. watch that. I'd watch that. That'd be hilarious. That Absolutely. I would oh. much rather see Boost Boudreaux in all honesty, like do TV stuff because he comes yeah. across as a very entertaining person. The, li- the limited mm-hmm. time we've seen him do it, mm-hmm. he'd be fun to do. He could even replace Rick Talking on that TNT panel if he so chose or <laughs> whatever offer will come his way. If we see him on Sportsnet, like, yeah, like l- put it, let him do that. Why does he need yeah. to go back and coach another team? Let him enjoy the fact that he's getting paid two bill for the rest of this year and then reevaluate your options next year. Yeah, the, the Vancouver Canucks are now playing almost an Oliver Ekman Larson for all the coaches they've had recently. Yeah, yep. I think it it's comes like, out to like seven point two five million. Yeah, that's like a hundred thousand less than Ekman Larson's cap hit. Where would he rank in terms of their salaries on the team? It's like either third or sixth among all their skaters. Like it's a like like if you put if you put basically put the salaries for Bruce Boudreau, Rick Tockett, and Travis Green all together, like that is a pretty expensive player to have on their team. I don't remember where it is, but uh, Rick Tockett would be fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. He'd be fifth. Any, any thoughts on, on Rick? I mean, we've kind of mentioned, I've already mentioned the fact that like maybe having him now, isn't the greatest idea, but like in terms of practicing or anything that we've seen so far, like anything, they're going to be unwatchable. I I think the coyotes were absolutely unwatchable when he was coaching them. I thought they like, the games were a slog. I had a Coyotes fan DMing me to be like, look at Clayton Keller's numbers under Tockett versus uh, Turinier, and they are night and day. Mm-hmm. And I think the only fun thing about this team so far has been high-octane offense, Bo Horvat scoring a lot of goals, Elias Pettersson having a great season, and I think they are going to become even more unwatchable than they are now. And here's the thing. Like, Sam, I'm pretty sure it was your tweet where it's like, trade Horvat now. What if yeah. Horvat, like, what if, what if things Yeah, what if his down? value goes down? Mm-hmm. Oh. What if his value goes down? What if Miller's value goes down? Even worse than it already is. I mean, they're not moving Miller anyway, so it doesn't matter. True. Hey, what like, if JT Miller's defense gets better? His what? <laughs> <laughs> his what? I think Rick Tonkin's trying to get into, it's still some... Has to exist to get better. You will not go past that thin blue line. Like yo, yo, we, 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 yo. Okay, all right. Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like 
I hate this old like, oh, well, well, Rick oh, Tonkin was no. the assistant coach when the Pittsburgh Penguins won the cup. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Sydney Penguins Crosby. that had Sidney Crosby, Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Malkin Chris Letang, Letang, the best third line we've seen in the playoffs in years. If you, Matt Murray. If you actually Matt Mur- look, if you actually look at the Coyotes roster when he was coaching yeah. them, it's arguably as good as this Canucks roster, if not better. Damn, really? They had Taylor Hall. They had Phil Kessel. They had Clayton Keller. They had Lawson Krause. Like, it was not a bad, like, it wasn't a great team, but it wasn't, like, spare parts. You know, this roster is a lot closer to that Arizona roster than it is to the Penguins. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're playing some 5D chess, man. I mean, hey, 27th in the league. We got to get down to, like, 29, maybe 30. Maybe their schedule their schedule is team. too easy. Their schedule oh, really? coming up is too easy even for them. Ooh, let's see this. Oh, the Canucks the, the Canucks schedule is? Okay, yeah. All right. Well, so Chicago I can't Seattle, wait to bring them up Columbus. again. Ooh. That was one of that was one of Poudreaux's comments. It was so funny. It was the closest he got to shade. Someone was like, why are you still here? And he was like, I couldn't tell you why I'm still here. Maybe it's the upcoming schedule. Chicago, Seattle, all those teams. Yeah. Um, okay. There's two other quick things we do have to kind of get through, and I don't know how much time we're going to have with the recording, so I know we kind of have to speed through them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> My internet's going to cut out now. Oh, no. Don't do this. Or are we going to have to, like, dip? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I just don't want to talk about this. Okay, fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I, I realize we have to talk about how good the Boston Bruins are, and uh, I can understand why you wouldn't want to talk about them. Jeez, uh, talk about how good, how bad the Vancouver Canucks are. How jeez, the Bruins. I'm sorry. Jeez, I think we need to, we need to send Sam some kind of like fruit basket or flowers or something at the end of this season, considering how much we have to put her through talking about the Vancouver Canucks and the fact that not only are the Boston Bruins good, uh, they are on pace to break the single season uh, wins record in the regular season. They um, can't lose. They cannot lose games. And when they do, they're getting points anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, what's their point? 0.848 points percentage. Are you kidding me? They can't lose. Oh I, I have, I have, here's the thing though. <laughs> they could be like Tampa and lose in the first round. Maybe. It's not always a guarantee if you're the best team in the NHL. Uh, that you end up going all the way to the big dance, let alone win the whole thing, right? So, yeah, yeah. right, right, Sam. Oh, why did you do that? <laughs> why did you do that? That's not yeah. nice. Because you made a leaf joke about two weeks ago. I didn't forget that. Oh, jeez, I make leaf jokes all the time, and sometimes I don't get that type of score. Jeez, no, no. Um, yeah, but like you just cover the team, you're not like you're not like a fan, so it's not as like yeah. fun. Yeah, like I like rip on the Habs and you're covering the Habs and you just be like, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. fine, they suck. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. just like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you are correct. <laughs> like, if you told me like, oh, you can't come up with like interesting storylines about this team, that would hurt me more than saying like, oh, the team sucks. So you're a crappy journalist. Like, that hurts me. Yeah. Like, say, you, you want to get back at me, talk, talk about my journalist acumen or whatever. Nah, but that's I don't cool. know. That's me. Exactly. You wouldn't yeah. even do that. So nah. thank you. I appreciate that, Omar. Love that's you, why buddy. we're friends. Love you too, buddy. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on how the Boston Bruins are so good? <laughs> They're just like, 
I hope, man, for their sake, for the season that they have done, that they have had, I hope they... Wait, I'm not going to say what I was just about to say. What? What were you going to say? I was going to say that based off the season they they had, I hope they go far. However, comma, I take that back. Because because, that comes at the expense of you guys. Yes. Presumably, if you get out of the first round against Tampa, of course. Yeah, which is change the playoff format like <sighs> yes yeah we gotta get back to one eight man yeah <sighs> although how funny although this is the nhl this is the league that's known for the big number one dog you mentioned earlier going down the first round it'll be funny if the bruins do get you know 68 wins uh 11 billion points and lose <laughs> four games in the first round I would laugh so hard that happened to the Bruins in round one. Who's the Play- bottom seed in the playoffs? Starting if playoffs started today, they'd face Pittsburgh. You know what? It, you know what? No, no, no. You know what? I can't do it. I can't do it. I'd buy, I buy. I had thoughts about. No, I can't do it. I can't do it because last year I thought the Penguins were gonna take it to the Rangers and goaltending let them down. The year before, they probably should have gone on a lengthy run. Goaltending let them down. How am I supposed to trust them this year? How am I supposed to do that? They're probably going to get beat again, especially by Boston. Maybe I'm not trusting the Pittsburgh Penguins again. We'll get there because, man, Buffalo's close. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeez. What a tough test for Buffalo in that first round if they get Boston. Yeah, this is the first time you made the playoffs in eons. Here's Boston. <laughs> and also, like, not to, not, to, not to bring up hope for you, Omar, but say the, uh, the Bruins and the Leafs meet in that second round. Wouldn't the Leafs beating – the Bruins, like, like if you talk about exercising a demon, like there's no bigger demon to exercise than arguably the greatest regular season team in NHL history. Like that would be an amazing demon to exercise and put yourself in a position where, you know, even if you don't win the cup, like you can at least get rid of all those things. Right. Like that'd be really fun to watch. Right. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, Omar. Yeah, that would yeah. be yeah, I think. Would that be cool? Stressed out. I mean, if like Mitch Marner scoring goals in the playoffs, Austin Matthews delivering. Imagine William Nylander like having the game of his life in a series. It, it would is be outrageous be... that William Nylander isn't an all-star, by the way. Like out. Yeah, it is. It is. It absolutely is. Could you imagine if yeah. like oh, I have a better idea. The Bruins are up 3-1 in that series against the Leafs, and the Leafs come back. And they win in Boston because Boston would have home ice advantage. Like, how amazing would that be? That'd be so fun, right? That right? Would be, that would be pleasant if that took place. <laughs> I've learned, Julian. I've Why learned. Why are you not excited about this possibility? He's trying to control himself. I, I, I am controlling myself. I'm controlling myself, Julian. Uh, Yo, I this pop. man is tapping his feet below his waist right now. I can't, I, I, can't pop, I can't pop off on things like that because first you have to get to that opportunity first and then it actually has to happen. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see if that takes place. However, however, I will say that if those events you described, Julian, do take place, um, we probably need a automatic zone time. And you'll see me just like open mouth balling. <laughs> I no, mean, no, no shame. No shame. I know. I know it's no shame. <laughs> and we, we've, we've talked about this for maybe about three years now or however long. <laughs> Actually, not, it's funny I say three years. It's, it's three seasons, but technically not three years. But like, yeah, yeah, like the day that happens with the Leafs win a series, maybe it's in like 2048 or something like. <laughs> okay, no, that's not going to happen. We're all going to be doing 
Baby Sloan might be hosting this podcast in 2048. <laughs> 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 Yo, what? What's this show going to air on in 2048? Like, what's going to be like? What is Yahoo going to become in 2048? They'd be like, uh, do we want to discuss Yahoo's future on this podcast? I don't feel comfortable doing no. that. I mean, pause. I mean, I mean, pause. I don't, like, want, yeah. I don't want old so, takes exposed to like come on this, like look, listen to this podcast and be like, you know, oh, this what y'all thought you, this podcast or Yahoo's going to be in 25 years? Please, old takes exposed is going to go to the first episode and see when I said it would be the Flames and Leafs in the Stanley Cup final and be like, oh, this this, this is your king. This is your this is your Twitter account. This is your that reminds me. That reminds me. Oh, God, We're not that God. far off from that episode where we have to go through all the stuff we got wrong. Next Maybe week. like a week or two away from me. Probably next week at this point because yeah, yeah, that's okay. Well, the Bruins are good. The Canucks suck. Uh, we mentioned the Flyers. We mentioned Daryl Sutter. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks fan just no. We should man. do next week for Sam. Let's do yes. some. Let's do a draft lottery simulator for Sam. I so like gonna, that idea. They're just gonna get like a nice little Rick Tockett new coach bump, and they'll draft like twelve to sixteen. It's exactly what's gonna happen. I think what we should do uh, to pick off of uh, Obar's idea, each of us should have uh, the Tankathon website up, and then we mm-hmm. each do the simulation, and we each pull up uh what the draft lottery order will, are. the draft order will be yeah. and then uh yeah hey maybe one of us gets vancouver number one overall but, uh, like seriously that could be really great that huh? could be awesome that'd be cool that's, right that's the be... closest they'll get to that number one pick is <laughs> the website <laughs> that's it all right well free idea that will go right up on the rundown for next week's <laughs> show um but uh we got to put this one in the books people uh, we've exhausted our time limit. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, listened to this episode and subscribed to the podcast. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Avery. Thank you, Omar. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of uh, Zone Time. And uh, yeah, just sorry, Vancouver. Well, actually, not really sorry. You guys really messed this one up. But sorry, Bruce Boudreaux, because you do deserve better. Uh, and for come, what come home. Come home to break the curse. You don't have to listen to Tic Tac Tomar and what he says. We'll be back next week, people. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.